What's up, everybody? It's Masani, a.k.a. at Culture Unfiltered, and this is the Culture Unfiltered Roundtable. In today's episode, we are talking about being an influencer while Black. I have some lovely people here with me who have joined me to talk about that subject. If everybody wants to go ahead and introduce themselves for everybody watching. Oh, you want me to go first? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi everyone. My name is Sidoni Francis. I'm 24. I'm from Brooklyn and I create lifestyle, beauty, and fashion content. Hi, my name is Timmy Sola. Um, I'm a casting agent or casting assistant. I don't really know the title fully. <laughs> I work in casting and production. I'm also um, a content creator, influencer, uh, more in the lifestyle sort of space and yeah it's timmy duh yes hi i'm lavelle aka at the lavelle show i'm a full-time content creator and proud owner of access which is my accessory line so i'm also an entrepreneur a small business owner and i create food and lifestyle content primarily on tiktok but we growing and hi i'm christina i'm a content director at topicals and i also work with adidas so i am out here hiring looking for content creating concepts and pushing all the things through so nine times out of ten, you're looking for me when it comes to these content deals. Period. You're right. I am looking for you. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> we got all right here. <laughs> okay, so if you guys could describe your career in social media in three words, how would you describe it? Hmm. Inconsistent. I agree. Um, relatable. And black as fuck. Period. Yes. <laughs> I'd throw creative in there. Um, I would put a little stressful in there. Let's be real. It is a bit stressful. And um, I don't want to say organized if you're not an organized person. But, you know, once you get your organization together, it's way more seamless. So organized for me. I know that's right. I'd probably say accidental, inspiring, confusing. Mm. Inspiring was the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm definitely going to say inspiring just because honestly, like all of us in this space in itself mm -hmm. and doing it at any capacity, especially full time is inspiring. So I have to say inspiring. I definitely say creative as well. I feel like personally what I do has a level of creativity that is a bit more unique. So I got to say creative. And then the last thing I would say my career in social media has been eventful it has been a lot of ups and downs a lot of them okay overall very positive i would say yeah. it's making me rethink my three words <laughs> <laughs> yeah mine were scary uh -huh. super That's honest. fulfilling mm -hmm. but also sometimes a little thankless wake mm. mm. it up yeah. no that's well, right you know so before we get into the heavy stuff though i want to know who inspired you guys to pursue social social media as a career Okay, well, for me, it was never supposed to be okay. a career. Um, so I graduated from college in 2020. And like every other person born in the late 90s, I was just like posting on TikTok for the vibes. I maybe had like six followers. They were all my close friends. And then one day I posted a video. I went to sleep. I woke up at 10,000 followers. And I was like, oh, oh, we doing this. We doing this. Um, honestly, like when I think about what I started out creating initially, it was just me dancing in my mom's backyard. <laughs> now, when I think about what I consciously post, like who inspires me now, obviously Queen Jackie Ina grew up, raised yes. on her. Yes. Like, I swear everything I know how to do in my face is because of Jackie Ina. Like Alyssa Ashley, I love Aaliyah's face, love Monet McMichael if you want to get a little bit more current and like people who are more on like short form video. Like 
any, if I see anything and I like it, I'm like, one, I'm going to favorite it because I want you to get the engagement. Right. <laughs> then I'm going to like it and I'm going to follow you. So I feel like inspiration is everywhere. But like originally, it was just me doing stupid shit in the pandemic at my mama house and her getting <laughs> mad because she was hearing that timer at like 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I think mine was just a little bit more calculated. Because um, I just remember being, I remember the YouTube era, like before YouTube influencer yes. became, became a thing, and people saying like, "You guys should, you and your sister should have a YouTube channel. You should do makeup." Because I used to always, I was so into makeup in high school, and I was like, "Uh," and I slept on it, and then I felt like I missed the wave, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Oh, if I started back when that happened." Mm -hmm. The same thing with Instagram. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I had a pretty good engagement on Instagram before it was common for everyone to have 10,000 followers when like having like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand like okay, you're having more than, right. Double, right. more than 11 likes. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, and I, I feel like I missed that wave and so I was just like, damn, the next thing that I feel like, I feel like it's gonna pop off, I'm just gonna hop on it because I'm so tired of missing the wave and so it was December of 2019. Oh, I was, yeah, I was hanging out with some of my friends and they were making fun of this girl for being on TikTok, they're like, oh my God, she was so embarrassing when she was like asking us to make TikToks and they were making fun of her. And I was like, if there's one thing that I know for a fact mm -hmm. is if current, if like the adults are making fun of it mm -hmm. and the younger people like it, it's about to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. So like that December, I downloaded TikTok. I kind of didn't go on it that much. And then I just studied the app and I was like Same. looking and I'm like, what, what type of content could I make? I kind of did a, a few testers. Like I made like, you know, just ra random like vlogs or a cooking video. And then one day, I posted a picture, I uh, posted a video with me, my dad, and my sister, and literally it was the same thing, like blew up. I just remember going to my sister's room and saying, Sammy, it got 500 likes. Sammy, <laughs> we got a thousand likes. No, because <laughs> right. no, back then, like getting 10,000 views on TikTok was so hard to do yeah. because the platform was so new mm -hmm. and it wasn't as saturated. So it was like, I remember going to sleep and waking up and my phone was on the charger, but it was dying. Because yeah. the notifications were coming in so quick. Like, it's my like, phone was freezing. Like, having 10,000 followers on TikTok in 2020, oh my God, you were like the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. That's back when Charlie D'Amelio didn't even have a yeah. million. Yeah, like, and I loved it because once you did get that one viral video, it was so easy to get mm, another one exactly. and another one and another mm -hmm. one. It just, and I told myself, I'm just going to hit the ground running. And then from that point on, I was posting, like, every day consistently, posting part one, part two, part three. I was, like, posting with all my family members. And, it, and like, I quickly grew to, like, maybe 300K within, like, a few months. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. So, so OG, you yeah. really caught that in. I, 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 I'm she right said, there. I'm not getting left. Yeah, I'm okay. not getting left. Like, right. I'm going to get this bag. So, period. You know, I, I kind of relate to that, but in a way, if I'm being honest, a big part of my career in terms of, you know, being a TikToker, that's my primary platform, really comes from our mutuals. I will really give you your flowers right here. Masani, exactly. you were such an inspiration. Like, constantly still, when I first got on the app, I was telling everybody, like, y'all know, have y'all seen this? What she's doing is so cool, <laughs> and nobody is doing this. It's so black, but she's really giving it. It seems educated. Mm -hmm. Nobody so on the app was doing it like you. And I was like, huh, it gotta be a way for people to do this in their own unique way and build something out of it. And that is what really got me into TikTok. So I would give, honestly, you. I would give my mutuals, uh, Mrs. Frost, uh, Keith Lee, who was blowing yeah, up. People who really got on TikTok and said, like, this is my way of doing it, and then blew up and made a career out of it. Really inspired me. And then you, you know, watching it as much and me playing with it, I had my moment. It happened. I was like, you know what? I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, and, and humbly so, my first viral moment was in 2021. 
I wasn't as early as you, Fred. <laughs> and I had this thing where I was like, I went to Trader Joe's. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell them my three favorite snacks. Wait, that's you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, baby, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Oh, my God. No, because when, when you were telling me Trader Joe's earlier, I was like, mm, Trader Joe's. I, I am love Trader Joe's. Legit the Trader Joe's guy at this point. Yep. But, guys, I posted it, and I was in the middle of moving, and I didn't even think about the app. I didn't get no notification or nothing. I got back on, and it was at a million uh, views, and I'll never forget that. And I was like, wow, I found my thing. And it just got to get bigger and bigger. But what I love about TikTok is you can really see people that look like you, and that's doing it. And so really, people who inspire me are my mutuals. I'm really like, yeah, keep going. And I'm applauding, too. Like, I, I'm so happy when we cross, you know, another thing that they say we wouldn't. It's just, I, I love it. And so that's where a lot of my inspiration still to this day come from. And your flowers, friend. You are a TikTok OG star down, period. Oh, folks. my gosh. Thank <laughs> you. For me, I can't say that there's a person specifically that inspired me to work in social media because I feel like I started working in social media. I'm a little old. So I've been working in social media for quite a while. And I feel like back then there wasn't anyone like doing social media marketing. It was very... Mm. Um, back on like bts like behind the scenes like that fourth wall wasn't broken yet for people to say like oh this is someone managing somebody else's channel but i will say i got into social media by like an ultimatum i used to work at a radio station and i was a little promo girl passing out little flyers t-shirts <laughs> or whatever but i was always on my phone on, on twitter you know just tweeting tweeting my ass off <laughs> and they're just like listen if you're gonna tweet all day on the clock you can at least do it for our station and i'm just like I could be a radio station on Twitter. I can do that. So that's honestly like where the start is. Like, can't say anything. I guess my boss that was going to fire me inspired me to get into social media. Because <laughs> shout out to him. I wouldn't have been able to work with the brands and the artists that I'm able to work with now. So shout out to him. Wow. Love yeah. that. I love that. I love how everybody's story was like, like you said, you kind of stumbled into it. You mm -hmm. know, that's fire. That's kind of how I got into it, too. Like, I have a background in blogging and radio. And just like you, Timmy, I was like, damn, it's the YouTube wave, it's the Instagram wave. <laughs> I was like, now nah, with this TikTok thing, like I really want to make it work. And so I went into it intentionally and you know, it worked. And now, now we're here. So, <laughs> you know, um, but let's talk about the business side. And Chris, I would love some insight from you in this because you are our, our designated social media business guru here on the round table. <laughs> um, but to start, um, is anybody signed? to an agency at yeah. this point? I got a story for y'all. <laughs> I'm a part of that little group, uh, the Carter Agency. I don't know if you guys... Oh, girl. Yeah, so I was Not signed. Josh and ben. Yeah, but uh, my agency scammed a lot of us and stole a lot of our money so right now we're in a class action lawsuit mm. so i'm currently not signed if you guys you know are listening oh, <laughs> but yeah yeah crazy does beware it, does it make you not trust agencies like has your perspective changed on that yeah yeah definitely but there it's like one of those things that it comes with the game you know mm -hmm. you kind of just you take a gamble and I think, I, I don't know, I'm learning a lot from this situation. I'm taking a lot from it. I'm like really starting to take like having a lawyer way more seriously. Mm -hmm. I think the older you get, the more you realize like, damn, you really have to have like a lawyer on call to review contracts that you go through. I thought that was something that like, you know, like, yeah, you know, no. but it's a thing like, you know, but even it's not even too much about the contract. It's more so about they were just scamming. It wasn't mm -hmm. even like the contracts were fine. It was just, they were really just stealing the money. So how did you find out? Somebody made, um, there was pretty much like a whistleblower. from Sex and Blazer? Yeah. Okay. Nike. So she made a video about it and tagged a lot of the creators. And so we kind of all got 
you know, alerted to it. And then some of us stuck together in a group and decided to do a, the class action lawsuit route. And some people are doing like the actual criminal case thing with the DA and all that stuff. So we're all going our, you know, different ways, but it's a whole thing. Ooh. And it's like so many black creators. I didn't realize it was so many black mm-hmm. creators that I knew on the app that were doing really well, putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. They were, un- it was crazy. It's, it's a crazy situation. Mm-hmm. The New York Times just recently interviewed us. So yeah, it's wow. a whole thing. Crazy. Yeah. That story, I just kind of, the manager started knocking at my door and the agency started knocking at my door. And that story, happened before it started, like the managers and the agency mm-hmm. idea became a thought for me. Mm-hmm. And I really had that in the back of my mind a lot when I took these calls. I took a call with, I actually won't name drop, but I took some call with some agencies and I was like, huh, I'll just be on your roster. You you can't even really tell me what my content is about. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think a lot of it like the music industry. I think when the music industry, especially when we started to, you know, blow up, we think about TLC and things like that, we kind of get screwed on the back end. And especially looking at that story, it was really African-American women, black yeah. women, people, women of color mm-hmm. with the Carter agency. And I just feel like that's a pattern. They know our worth and they try to, you know, mm-hmm. take whatever they can. So I really, when I just recently signed to a manager, I went with someone who had a hustle behind them. First person that they sign, we're going to see how this goes. Really no type of hard thing there, but someone who I know I can trust and I know will have my best foot forward. So, yes, I'm signed, but I signed to someone who's starting their own management company with influences That's and what agencies. I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. somebody who's like, you know, yeah. She's great. I'll tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is my second stint with management. The first time I was signed to, not going to name names, but um, most of the creators are, you know, Lacking melanin, um, you know, Mm -hmm. quite pale. Um, (laughs) And there were some issues there. I also spoke to, like, another black person who was signed on their roster, and she was like, yeah, you know, they would always tell me, like, I'm not generating enough money. And it's like, yeah, well, if you pitch me with a bunch of blonde white women for a company that only posts a bunch of blonde white women, what makes you think they're going to pick my black ass? Mm -hmm. But really for me, it came time to leave that agency when um, I found out that a, a black creator who was lighter skinned but had lower engagement and far fewer followers, was getting paid more than me on the same brand campaign. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, I think our six months are almost up, so like this was fun. Um, and then I was independent for most of 2022 and then just recently signed with a Black-owned agency um, in December. And that's been great, because in the past like month, oh, child, I've been putting in a work. I've been seeing the emails like, yeah, yeah, y'all are doing your job for sure. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's you know, now it's a lot better. But back then I was like, wow, y'all trying to kill me. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Blessings to them, though. I hope they they figure that out. It's so hard being a black content creator because Mm -hmm. a lot of the reasons why non-black content creators do so well is because they can make so much content for brands because mm. they're getting sent free stuff all the time. Like, mm-hmm. so often, black creators, we have to pay for stuff, right. make the content, and then hope that they want to do something with it mm-hmm. or hope that they see it and they, like, give... But, like, I tell you, like, when you are when you are on these PR lists, the amount of free stuff you get all the time, it makes it so easy for you to just easily create content and review products lie, and like, stuff. Early on in the game, like, early 2021, I kind of peep game on how my white friends were moving. And I was like, oh, you're on like such and such as PR list. Like send me the email. But it'd be like, send me the email. When I tell you I had a template, like to the point where like every person got the same email and it was just like drag and drop what I was going to put in. Mm-hmm. I think I would send like 25 to 30 emails a day mm-hmm. on just some like, hey, I'm Sony. Like this is the kind of content I make literally linking what I was doing. Like, you know, would lo- like love your brand, love this particular product, would talk about the product. Right. 
and then be like, I would love if you could add me to your PR list. Like literally not like, hey, can you pay me for this video? Can you just add me to your PR list? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, cool. They add me to the PR list. Then it's like, you know, I'll use the product three, four times, but make sure I tag them every single time. Because I know there's always going to be times in the pipeline where they want the black girl to do it. Right. February? Yeah. Black History Month? When yeah. I tell you December... It's about to, to be our time, y'all. It's about to be my time. <laughs> December <laughs> to January. <laughs> when I tell you, like, I am posting, I'm tagging every brand because mm-hmm. I know January 15th is going to roll around. You're going to be like, oh my God, we have to do this Black History Month thing. And you don't have anybody sourced yet. Cool. Hey, what's up? I'm your girl. And yeah. I, I want X amount of dollars for it. You know, like holiday season I know that's coming up like specifically because like I'm not too far out of college like that August back to school season is always like really big for me so it's like I'll sit there and I will cultivate all those relationships independently outside of management to make sure like even if I leave this company you staying with me even if I move you gonna send me that package like I'm 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 leaving here with something (laughs) can I say something too though I think that's something that that's like breaking the fourth wall when we talk about what you said. Like people don't realize, and especially being a black content creator, people are not knocking at our doors. I'm sorry, you got to call it what it is. They're not as people think. I and we see the comments. I don't know if y'all, but people, especially when you have your your hot moment. That's what I call it, where the algorithm loves you. People are seeing you everywhere, and they think you are getting paid for everything you post. And it's really like that's not the reality. I am reaching out to brands sometimes just to get a. PR package, you know, and then you add that on top of then when the algorithm doesn't like you, we know we call a spade a spade. It's just how it goes. Honestly, I see it with a ton of black content creators. Mm-hmm. We just had your moment, then the algorithm says, no, nah, not right now. And then you say, yeah, right here. And I just really, really wish people would get that. Honestly, our community plays a big part. I, I really feel like time and time again, Ooh. I'm sure we're going to talk about this. <laughs> they see us on there. They see us, quote unquote, popping and going viral. Let's do it. Let's open it. <laughs> Do it because I feel like it's so important because they think we live this life of glamour and influencers like the blonde and the blue eyes. And honestly, the every a good amount of black content creators I talk to constantly grinding, yeah. sending their pitch emails, sending this, thinking of how they're posting so this can make sense when I do need to pay my rent. You know, yeah, it's so a I lot more than really people think. So like the strategy part of it, like it's really funny because so like I said, um, on Friday I got laid off from my job and I remember like my mom calling her and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, like, create full-time. And my mom, you know, immigrant woman, she's like, is what you do in Sidoni? Like, like, she was like, what? Right. Like, like, she was like, what what? She was like, I'm supposed to tell people that my child makes videos? She right. was like, baby, yeah. Yeah. baby, find a way to make this sound like right. a job, you know? And yeah. I'm explaining to her, I was like, no, like, this is social media strategy. This is strategy and operations. Like, what it I'm is. doing specifically, yeah. like, when I think about what I did in my core role, like, my content is on my resume. Like, that is a job. Like, it's brokering partnerships, negotiating, like being featured, like this is a media and entertainment role, but it's like people don't necessarily think of it like that because they're like, oh, you make videos, but it's like, okay, cool. Let's say I do, you know, one video for like a credit card company or something. And it's like, oh, they have this new credit card. Great. Yeah, sure. They sent me that credit card. I got an account, whatever. Still to make that one minute video, I had to spend an hour and a half to do my makeup. I had to set up all these lights. I had to make an apartment in New York City where there's sirens outside sound completely soundproof. Like, I, I'm out here putting insulation at windows and, like, you know, foam and stuff to make sure there's no sound. It's like, then I do all that, record the video for, what, two hours that I got to chop and screw for another two hours just to get it down to a minute. Oh, and I got to make sure I hit all the talking points that they send me, but it sounds organic so y'all don't realize that it's an ad and immediately click out, right, exactly. despite the fact that I got to have the disclosure on it. It's like, that in itself is... 
It's labor. (laughs) That is labor. But that's a point that I was going to make, too, is the black content creators that I see being able to have, like, hella PR packages and stuff, Mm -hmm. the quality of their content is so far past what their non-black counterparts have. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to call it out. There's this... New it girl on TikTok. And we all know uh, the Alex Earl Alex, was okay. yeah. Yeah, I saw one of her. I never heard I never heard it until people started to have like commentary about her success. So I went on her page and I'm just like front so simple. Like literally yeah. like propping your phone on your desk, yeah. trying on some bathing suits, just being like, I'm just gonna go, you know what I'm saying, have like a brunch with my homegirls. Like, you know, very chill. It's you not like a whole production. I guess. <laughs> 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 And like my girl, and I'm not hating on her because I'm just like, if that's what your audience wants, if, if white people see that, and they're just like, we like her, she's relatable, mm-hmm. cool, like Which make her your girl. Because the relatable angle really gags me because this is a girl who's like so wealthy, it is insane. Like parents worth tens of millions of dollars, lives in this big ass house, goes to this, like, I think like the third most expensive college in the United States, like is on a yacht every day. Like that girl is not not relatable. relatable. But, but people will see she has a lifestyle people who right. exist in the same way. And they're like, oh, you're not relatable. Like, I can't follow you because I don't support this. You've got to be a sugar baby. Like, you know, you've got to be fucking right. for money, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like, okay, so that girl not doing that? Right. Like, what's the right. difference? Yeah, the difference? that's why I'm saying, like, I, I just so see very few content creators that are black that can make casual content. That's what right. I would consider her content. Yeah. Very casual yeah. content. Low, like, I don't want to say low quality. Local, no, 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 no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. But no and shade, still no get shade. that amount of attention. I only see non-black creators getting that much. Like, you yeah. being able to sit down and cut fruit. And like now you're just at like like you know yeah. what I'm saying we yeah, we have to put in so much. No, no, effort. I agree. Because when I think about apologies, when I think about her peers, Alex Earl's quote unquote peers, like specifically with that Tart brand trip, like you know exactly who I'm talking about. The yeah. one black person on that trip, yeah. like I've met that girl. I've seen her edit her videos in real time. Like that is a level of skill that in reality, if she studied that in school, she would be getting like. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a skill. That's a job. Yeah. And it's like, then I see the difference where, you know, no shade to Miss Earl. When I looked at one of her sponsor posts today, because it came on my feed, I said, wow, this is grainy as hell. Like, mm. the quality is low. The sound is bad. But, like, y'all are going to buy it just like how y'all sold out yeah. that Miel oil. Because, you like, it's just like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, this is interesting. But then I look at, you know, my, like, black creator friends in New York who have, like, 500K, maybe, like, a million the level of effort that I see them go through to film one sponsored TikTok, they'll have like three people on site. Yeah. Like one person holding a light, one person holding mm-hmm. a mic, like another person tracking them while they're doing the recording themselves. It's like they're paying four different people to create that one brand deal so they can get 50K and Alex will get 300K and yeah, her video's right. way lower. That's why we have to keep yeah. propping up Keith Lee. Right. He's going Shout like, that's why we have to keep doing that for because he's like, he he's he exactly. makes similar in terms of like low kind of like quality, yeah. like not too very casual content, mm-hmm. but that's why I support his career so much. Because I want to like, see black people growing up for being be mediocre. Right. Yeah. Now, Alex Earl's success did bring up a really important conversation. Uh, Lavelle, you alluded to it. The support versus what brands actually want. And when that conversation started to circulate on TikTok, you had half people saying, like, okay, if you want us to get to this level, you need to support us. That's the only way we'll get there. And then the other half of people are saying, like, it doesn't matter how much we support you. Like, if these brands don't want to work with you, they're not going to work with you. And Period. it's because of all of the ism. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so how do you guys feel about that conversation? Where do you, where do you stand on it? I'm going to... 
I, I'm sorry. I just feel like here's my thing, right? And I'll bring you the numbers because I was thinking about this. I was like, we got to talk about it. I get a, about humbly so two million to three million views every thirty to sixty days. Okay. I have a hundred and fifteen thousand followers on TikTok. If you see my content, my content is bold. My content is black. My content is gay. My content is who I am. You know, mm -hmm. and honestly, what hurts me the most is the people who support me. I'm a gay black man. And honestly, on my platform, you can see it. I go on gay dates. I do gay fashion. I talk, you know, yeah. with my own little swing that we do. But I cater to my community in and out. 88% right. of my following is female. Yeah. 88% of my following is female. You know, TikTok doesn't show you the demographics, but I can see my content. I mean, I can see my comments and things like that. Honestly, who support me more than anything, too, is Caucasian women. I'm just calling, I've just got the black women, you know, uh, you know, following and engaging, which I honestly, when I first started, I low-key always wanted. I always wanted my community to support me because that's all I personally create my content for. And so when you look at it, I would say two things. I would say like, yeah, the brands, you know, they want uh, their people. I get it. Some things we just can't get past. But if you got your support and you got your numbers, it makes it so much easier to knock down those doors. You know, if you got the engagement and it's there, it really does at least set you up to get in those rooms. You know how hard it is to, uh, for example, have the big numbers. They see my videos, but then you have the 115,000 followers and they're like, oh, but that don't really add up to that guy that's over there. It's a slippery slope when you really think about it. And I I, I, I just honestly feel like we could do a better job of supporting our creators. You know, it's hard enough for us. Yeah. But let's be also be fair though. I think oftentimes we do forget that black people only do make up like 13% of the population. So already we are vastly outnumbered right. by other you know groups. So I think... That plays a huge part into it, but then also the fact that we are never seen as the standard for stuff. That's why right. we all constantly have to call it out when they try to do like rebrand all of these things that we do already, like the clean girl aesthetic. And it's just like, that's just how black girls do our makeup. Like, look at us. Like, that's just naturally, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at all the black women. Like, we, that's just our, you know, thing. And so, Stuff like that is just like they refuse to kind of just acknowledge the influence that we have on the culture. So they don't really see it until a white girl comes and says, like, you should put this oil in your hair. It'll help it grow. It's like, I wonder who said that first. Like, I wonder, you know. Okay, so I kind of flip-flop on this because mm -hmm. when I was in the corporate space, like, I did work on a team where, like, we would, you know, source influencers or we would work with people who would source influencers. And I think what I struggle to understand sometimes is, like, there's a line between brand safety and just like outward blackness. And I think that's, in reality, like influencer marketing is so new, you know, social media marketing is so new that these are white women in control of these things. Yeah. White women who, you know, are probably pretty young, like under the age of 35 for the most part. So brand safety to a white woman is very different right. than brand safety to a black person. Because if I make a video and I'm like, oh, these niggas is wildin'. Like, I say that just plain and simple. Oh, these niggas is wildin'. A black man's gonna be like, mm, these niggas are wildin'. <laughs> like, you know? They're gonna be like, well, that's true. Like, that's not, you know, that's not fake. White person's gonna be like, oh my gosh, she used profane language. Like, oh, Jesus. You know, you're gonna be like, you know, it's just like, it's a different kind of line. So like, when I, and it's funny, because another one of my creator friends, like, he's a pretty large creator. And, you know, he's had his moments where, like, the internet loved him. Then one day they were like, oh, I hate this guy. Oh. And him and I were talking about this where he was like, 
a lot of the times people will call him like a suburban black. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also an issue where like within the community, like I've had people call me a suburban black and I'm like, baby, I'm from Brooklyn. Like, what do you mean suburban black? Like, what does that mean? Like, I ain't never lived in a suburb. Like, (laughs) I've never stepped a foot in a suburb. Like, physically like i just go to major cities i was so confused i was like what are you saying to me but they're like oh i think you're a suburban black because you do this and you do that and it's like okay so are the qualities that you see in me limited to the struggle that you perceive blackness to be equated to and i think that's the difference because there's like people will love you and like i will say wholeheartedly most of my followers are black like the people who engage the the heaviest, the people who come up to me in the street are black, specifically black women. Right. But there are people who like when they sit down and they want to dislike you, it's going to be because you don't fit their mold of blackness. And as a result, they won't support you. Right. Whereas as a white creator, people just need to off rip like you like they, and they'll just follow. They'll be like, oh, she's pretty. She's tan. She's blonde. She has nice boobs. Boom. I'm going to follow. Right. Whereas like when you're black, it's like you got to make all these videos, do all this. You got to be like the exception to the rule. You got to yeah. be, you know, college educated from the top school, working the best job, mm-hmm. being able to go on the best vacations and all this. You can't just wake up, put a bikini on or something. I'm going to the beach and it's right. going to go viral and, you know, fund your life. Like you're not going to have 4 million followers off of that. Right. Like there needs to be a level of production that's in place, yeah. which is irritating. And like something that happened with me is I made my content very like neutral, no sort of political, nothing like very right. spicy in the mm-hmm. beginning, mm-hmm. you know? And so I got like a very mixed audience. And mm-hmm. then anytime I would remind people like yeah, I'm black, you know, right. I'm a woman. Anytime like the ma- my male followers, I would get the backlash. And mm-hmm. then anytime they would I would talk about being black, my non-black followers, I would get the backlash. And mm-hmm. like it was it's really hard when you make a range of content mm-hmm. and then you att- attract different audiences because like you feel that like every single hate comment I've ever gotten has been from somebody that followed me. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like really really hard to be authentic and to try to give people a window into your life. But then you're like, I can't give y'all too much because y'all were like, y'all will stop all over me if right. I give you guys too too much of me, you know? Yeah. Can I say one more thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> to, to, to go back to both of your points, honestly. Something that still bothers me, though, is that, say you said we're 13% of the population, mm-hmm. right? And say, um, for example, what you were saying about fitting in or fitting a mold. This is my thing, too, because... I mean, you can't deny it. Our influence is there. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to say, like, our influence is there and our, like, support is also there. Like, I just feel like if you don't fit a certain mode, and I seen a video that said, you know, being a black content creator, if you really want to blow up, you need to give drama, you know, and I'll, I'll and you can see the content. Like, it, it's there. You see the people, mm-hmm. they go on, they say something raunchy in a rant, and they blow up. Yeah. And honestly, as a content creator who put in the work, yeah. you can't say that that doesn't hurt. And it'd be yeah. our community that support them, that blow them right up, okay? Yeah. Or you you see another content creator that does like, and I'm speaking on my behalf in terms of the content and what I would think I want in my audience. Someone with a wig. You put on a wig as a black oh, man, I and for whatever reason, it blows up. And so yeah. I would just say, as a community too, I think you see, and I go and talk about myself, you see my content, you're like, what is this black boy doing? Yeah. I have a laugh, I have a this, you know? and I get that that may be a little hard for people to digest, mm-hmm. but I really think as a community, we really need to start digesting because yeah. we all look so different. We're not all, you know, coming from the same place. We all don't want to do the same things. We all have different interests. But to a white person, they see me and I give them one chuckle, I'm getting a follow. Yeah. As a black person, 
as a black person, and I'm looking in this camera now, if I, if you see any of our content, any black person, and you get a chuckle, what does it hurt to follow? Because yeah. you never know what you as a follower can really do to a person who really, especially when you know they're doing this full time. Yeah. Right. Especially when you know like this is their passion. They're right. doing this not for you know laughs and giggles. They're doing it because they really want to go somewhere with this. Click the follow button. It doesn't hurt. It shouldn't be that hard to get a black follow. Right. Well, early on, I had to beg. And, <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't do. like begging in real life, but early on, like, I had to just, like, hey, can you guys follow me? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? You know, just to get that support, like, it's stepping outside of myself to do something that I'm not comfortable with, but knowing that I have to do it, especially as a black creator, yeah. to mm -hmm. excel. And I find it so interesting that we have all of these things going on in our minds in terms of activism, being brand safe, and this, that, and the third. Our non-black counterparts don't even have to worry about not at all. Absolutely not. not like that's all. not even a thought in their mind, and all I feel like it changes your experience. Right, it changes your experience as a black creator. And Chris, from the brand side, what do you think about brand safety? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I or think being brand safe. I think one thing that I got from what everyone was saying is very valid. But one thing I picked up is white privilege and i want you guys to look at the perspective of black black privilege there's so much privilege in being a black person and i think we spend a lot of time on white people doing you know the bare minimum shout out to alex earl clearly do like her bare minimum quality uh <laughs> like content but it's just like there's so much privilege in being a black person and only things that can come from a black person i think you guys should really step into that and really own that there's a lot of money to be made out there for being a black content creator. And I guess just like focusing more on that um, helps. Um, I work for a black owned brand and we're always looking for black people. I'm always looking for black people. So I can't sit here and say that what you're saying is wrong because I'm not a content creator. I'm not in that space, but I know that I'm personally looking for black content creators. I'm checking the tags. I'm looking, you know, for whoever it is that's creating content that is high quality. So I just want to say that there are people out there looking for you. So like, please do not like diminish or dim or stop because I'm out here looking. So yes. I think yeah. the I think the disconnect that we have or what makes it harder is you guys want content creators that are going to have high engagement rates. And for some reason on TikTok, I don't know if it's a suppression thing, I don't know if it's just what people tend to look for, but I noticed that the black content creators that were consistently on my timeline, that were consistently going viral, it's because they were calling out racism, like racist, like doing that call out culture. You know that genre where you like stitch someone's video and mm -hmm. you like, you know, do that whole thing. That's not my thing. Like I really don't like to focus on my content on like non-black people. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like I just like talking about my life and just being representation. Mm -hmm. I don't like all of my content being around like, look at this racist thing that this person did or this colorist thing that, cause I'm like, I'm literally amplifying their message if I do that. Right. And, but I noticed that that's what gets so much engagement. And when I'm just doing regular stuff, then all of a sudden it's just like very, like just low numbers. Yeah. And I'm content with that. Like I, my self esteem can handle that, but our brand's gonna be able to acknowledge like the algorithm favors a certain type of content from black people. So we have to overlook the same standards that we might have for non-black creators simply because it's just like, it's kind of the game is rigged against us. My question for you is why do you feel like brands are looking for people that have high engagement? Like why is high engagement the thing that you guys think that we want? Okay. That's what they tell us. Oh my God. <laughs> that's that's what they tell us. Okay. I will not yeah. name drop right here on this episode, but hear me out. It happened today. It happened today. I'm going to show y'all you know the email so say everybody can confirm. I say their name because I really do. I use this product through and through. They follow me on TikTok. I have done brand deals with them before. My 
rate is a fair rate. I have done the math. I've done the science. I am very clear on my rate. Mm -hmm. They came back to me with a rate saying that their marketing specialist said that my engagement deserved X. X did not have a comma in it. X did not have a comment in it. Oh, and yeah. then when I rebuttaled the rate, the rate didn't have a comment. When I rebuttaled, they told me, we looked a, we took another look at your engagement. And because your last four videos, I'm going to show you the email so y'all know I'm not telling a story. Your last four videos didn't hit 50,000 views. There's no way we can give you that dollar amount. So I just want to say you're not wrong, but there's so many other factors that go into picking content creators that are outside of engagement because there's so many different campaigns that we run. So we run a, a campaigns for just brand awareness and you can have zero followers and we just want people to talk about the brand. That's where these PR lists come from. I don't work on PR lists. That's shout out to them. Very small shit. I don't do that. I do big brand campaign. So, but we still need those people to do that. We need the UGC creators to 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 do that. It's a very important role. So those people don't have the most followers, but we give them product. They make the video, whatever. Then there's people that we're looking for for a specific like product launch. So if you're someone that comes comes and says like, oh, I have dry skin, and you talk about dry skin in your in your um content, your engagement rate can be lower because you are a specific person that we're targeting, and your audience is following you because you have dry skin and they have dry skin issues. Yeah. So that your engagement rate can be lower because we're looking for people like you. And then there's campaigns that we run that are like evergreen or campaigns that are specific like for Black History Month. So you're black. I don't really care so much about your engagement. That can be also lower, but you're a black person and you make content about XYZ. So I just think that sometimes like we're making personal connections with the content director or influencer marketer mm -hmm. helps you out because you can fit yourself in campaigns that also make sense for you that you can charge more for. True. So like maybe you weren't a right fit for that campaign or maybe that pitch was just like a pitch because you want to work with that brand, but maybe you don't fit into their marketing strategy. I so find ways to fit, like put yourself there so you can also charge the top dollar because that's what we're looking for anyway. So if somebody's telling me that, oh, um, I need 5K for this video, um, we only have 3K for it, I'm going to find that extra 2K because I need you in this video because you made the kind of content that I need, regardless of your engagement rate. Well, it's needless okay. to say we need more of you in those roles. Because yes, I'm just saying, right. based on yes, my experience, it's not it. It's really also, not. Also, I'm a marketer. I'm not someone that's, like, See? looking for people that are tagging topicals. Like, there's so many people tagging topicals. Shout out to topicals. But I'm looking for very specific people to push our branding and our marketing initiatives forward. Yeah. So it's like, I'm looking for very specific things. Again, like, I work on bigger campaigns. So it's like, with a product launch, I'm looking for people that have dry skin if we're launching a product for eczema. I'm not just looking for anybody because anyone can open a box, tur, 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 do that little thing that y'all be doing, you know? And I'm just like, Ooh. that's cute. But what I really need is someone that talked about like their dry skin a few months ago. Like, oh, I went on a date and that man saw my dry eyebrows like, Something like that, that I can go back and be like, you guys can stitch that video and be like, okay, remember when I was talking about my dry eyeballs? Like, now I got a product. Shout out to Topicals for giving me that product. So those are the opportunities that I'm looking for. I'm not just looking for random people, especially pitches. Like, sometimes they just don't hit. So I hope that that perspective, like, brings a little bit different in terms of how you're pitching because we are looking for you, but just sometimes it doesn't fit in, like, the marketing strategy or, kind of, like, what we're trying to do in the first place. Okay. I want to shout out people like Chris behind me. <laughs> Right. Because my yeah. first brand trip that I went to, Coachella, I went with my sister. It was a really great time. Was because of somebody who was black and working at Red Bull. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. anytime, you know, not every single time I get, you know, a brand deal, but oftentimes when I do get deals, it's because there are black people and people of color in these spaces who exactly. recognize, you know, yeah. our worth, recognize what it is that we're doing. They believe in us. So shout out to people like you because people like you are important, especially I for try. content creators. I try. I want to get y'all in the right spot. Also, like putting you guys in the wrong spot, you guys will get your check and then it's not going to elevate you. So like for you, like, remember, I hit you up for that event that I wanted you to do um, hosting for because you are a host and you have that skill set. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for people that have that skill set that can deliver. You don't do beauty content, but you're a host. Right. So that's putting you in the beauty space. 
So it's putting you in another market. There's tons of beauty podcasts. Right. So like that's the kind of shit that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about long term. Like how can I help this person get from do what I need you to do? Because mm-hmm. I need you to show up and do the thing. Mm-hmm. But also like that's gonna put you. You can put that in a portfolio. It's living on our YouTube right now. You work with this huge beauty brand. Like Topicals isn't a small ass beauty brand. Right. So. That's what I'm thinking of. What you're saying is honestly really impactful because I think about the first ever paid brand deal I did. It was 2020. I think I had like 40,000 followers on TikTok. And they were like, well, how much do you want? And I just like used a random online calculator, those little guys, and it said I should have took $50. So I said, so I took $50 from a huge record label, like the third biggest record label in the United States paid me $50 to use this song and like open this little box or whatever. And I was like, cool, you know, it was $50. I was like, shit, we in the middle of pandemic. This is lit. Like, you know, I wasn't even mad about it because, like, I hadn't even started my real job, and, like, at that point. And then three months later, a beauty brand reached out to me, and the woman who was emailing me, she was black. Like, I pulled her up on LinkedIn. And I sent her the rate, and she literally, like, sends me an email with no one else copied on it, like, removes the whole team. And she's like, hey, listen, like, you have, like, 75,000 followers. Like, $200 is not what you should be asking me for. Like, max I can go for you is like 1800 like so I'm willing to offer you the 1800 but just like for future reference like this is how you should calculate your rate Absolutely. and she wasn't much older than me she was maybe like 25 and I was like 21 at the time and from that I was like oh you tell me I don't leave money on the table that's why these people agreeing so quick <laughs> I, once I right. figured that out I said oh if we not negotiating there's money on the table yep. that's right. when I realized and I, I was like oh so shout out her like she works at a huge like ad agency in New York. Like I'm not gonna name her name just because she was supposed to do that, but like she really ate with that because from that point on, especially as I started growing and I was independent and brands would hit me up, big brands, I would just be throwing outrageous numbers yeah. into the strap. I'd be like, I want twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> and they'd be like we can do 18 and I'd be like I can do 23 and that's how it should go and you should also add your black tax like back to the point of me using black privilege there is so much privilege in black people making content because again white people cannot make black content but black people can make mainstream white content because that's just how it is so like use your niche like although you have your niche your lifestyle whatever it is cooking whatever it is you are also black so like at Black History Month is coming right around the corner add an extra 2k you need me. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially if you hit me up the first of February for some shit you need on the 14th. Ooh, baby. Which they love to. We right. going crazy on your ass in negotiations. So have you guys ever dealt with imposter syndrome when it came to like naming your rate? Because I know early on, like, and my followers still clown me about this to this day. Like when I first started, I was like, okay, maybe if I get good enough engagement, like I can get some free hair. You know, I was just in it for the free wigs. No, I hear you. <laughs> I was like, like me hit me up. Okay, <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe I can get some free wigs. And you know, present day is like my expectations were way too low. And I got to this point of understanding because of you know getting over imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and being comfortable with like naming my worth. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys dealt with that at all? I feel like it's not necessarily imposter syndrome that I have a problem with. I think it's being a full-time content creator only because I don't know how long it's going to sustain me. So I I enjoy working. I enjoy my career. Mm-hmm. So I never want to do it full-time. I always wanted to do it part-time. Mm-hmm. And so putting in that effort to constantly reach out, to send emails, to send follow-ups, to negotiate back and forth is a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like I let myself settle just because I'm like, 
this is just so much to be able to juggle both, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if anything, that's like the thing that I struggle with the most is being able to set aside the time mm-hmm. to do both. Yeah, okay. I would say for me, definitely because I come from the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm from poverty, mm-hmm. born and raised in that. And so when you get to this rate where you're telling somebody, you know, even still, you're going to, I'm going to post this one video and I'm going to make this amount. Yeah. It, 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 for me, it's still sometimes a hard pill to swallow. It's still like, wow, okay, yeah, maybe I don't deserve that amount. You know, you say, especially because, you know, outside of my girl here, brands a lot of times don't just sign the dotted line when you tell them you're right. And so that makes you more so like, well, oh my, maybe I don't deserve this. You're right. All right. All you got is X amount. I'll take it. I, sh- I should be grateful to even deserve this. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I still experience that to this day. Even with the story that I was telling y'all about, mm-hmm. I was still like, it hits you. It does. You're yeah. like, okay, I didn't get 50,000 on my last videos. Just being honest. It's like, you know, but um, how I really push through it is really saying like, no, man, are you crazy? Like, do you, you see what you're doing? But it is hard. It's still hard for me to this day. So absolutely, especially when it comes to my coins, especially when it comes to my rate. And I feel like often when I do try to negotiate, I be getting ghosted sometimes. And that shit yes. is so discouraging. Yes. Yes. Like everyone's like, no, you can ask for more, do more. I'm like, I only ask for $250 more than ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? No, so like sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I don't really feel that co- that whole like, oh, negotiate, ask for a rate, Talk like shoot for the it. moon. Cause I'm just like, no, y'all, we be getting Talk ghosted. About it. Like, Talk okay, about like, it. Listen, I hear you. Talk about it. I treat like these brand managers like if it's like me and my boyfriend in a fight. Like, oh, baby, like, answer that email. Like, <laughs> answer that email, because I'm going to email you again. And you're going you to respond, because you're going to realize that your manners are bad. Like, you know, yeah. you're going to have to respond to me. But for, especially when I was, like, fully independent, like, mm-hmm. I have this one friend, and he also recently signed, like, huge management agency, and he was negotiating all this stuff. So before he signed with this management agency, he was, like, a damn near millionaire, mm-hmm. just off the strength of, like, making content for, like, a year. So, because he, you you know that thing, they give men so much for just, like, folding shit and, like, putting mm-hmm. it yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, clean up their house, soft black man, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. They give them so much for that. So, I remember, like, this deal where what they asked me for, when I looked at it, I was like, this is $150,000 worth of labor. Like, as soon as I read through I was like, you're asking me for all these videos, 18 months of paid usage, you're going to make millions of dollars. 18 months of paid usage? Exactly. Yes. Smoking yeah. dick. They were smoking dick. It was crazy. And I'm like, they're asking me this, and I'm like, this is wild. Like, I give you six months of pay usage. I give you 12 months organic, but, like, this is ridiculous. And it's like, as I'm calculating the number in my mind, I'm like, this feels egregious. Like, this is my full-time salary. Like, what am I going to do here? And then he literally just sent me a template. He said, this is what you're going to say. Tell them that it's going to be valuable. They hit you up for a reason. You know, your audience is going to eat it up. Like, they're going to love it. We went back and forth. We ended up aligning pretty close to what I, like, originally asked for. And that's when it hit me. I said, oh, so the money was always in the budget. Right. The money was always in the budget. You were lying. You were lying off mm-hmm. rip. Like, because how are you telling me you got 15K and we coming in at a number way higher than that? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's like once I realize, like, the worst these people can say is no, but you're not going to ghost me. Like, you're going to tell me no in that email. But you absolutely, like, that's just bad manners. Like, I was raised correctly. Like, even when right. you want to say no, you say, you say no. You don't just stop talking to somebody. Be like, hey, we can't do it right now. I'll keep you in mind. And I'll be like, okay, thank you so much. Like, but I always ask to, like, flex on the terms. So it's like, what you originally offered, if you can't meet me at my price, like, let's flex. Because I like y'all. I do want to work with y'all. And I want to have these relationships. Because for me, I don't want a brand deal to be a one-off thing that you do right. in January and you don't talk to anybody else. It's like, okay, cool. Like, 
you had this in January, like come back to me in June, come back to me in December. Like, let's right. keep working together. Let's have a long standing relationship, right. especially because I like your product and I'm already using it. Like mm -hmm. I'm already showing it to my audience. They're already buying it. Like mm -hmm. the least you can do is throw me a little coupon code and we make it work, right. you know? So, right. yeah. Okay. Chris, any advice to content creators, black content creators, influencers on negotiating? So I actually don't handle negotiations, oh. um, but charge what you're worth. Please. But also one thing I want you to like bring in perspective as well is like one thing that people think is brands have like a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. They do. But we have a budget specifically per per campaign. Sometimes it's per person. Sometimes it's per like whatever the situation is. So, yeah, there is more money like in the budget, but then that takes away from hiring more people. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if we have a fifty thousand dollar campaign budget and you want forty five of that. So then it's going to be you and one other person that we have to cheat for five K. So like that's like one perspective that I just want you to bring into it because it's kind of just like you think that we have all this money and there is like a lot of money, but it's delegated per campaign because you can only spend X amount of money to get a return on investment. So this is where like engagement comes in and all these other factors of like, what are we getting for this? Because, yeah, we can pay you the rate, but then that doesn't give anything to us. And now you want to work with us more and we've already proven that you can't deliver because we paid you more than what we allotted the budget for. Mm -hmm. So that is just like another back end. Again, that's not nothing, nothing for you to worry about or like nothing for you to consider, but just notice that like if somebody's like, oh, that's not in the budget, like don't think that we're like saying we don't want to pay you or your rate is too high. It's just like sometimes it's literally, I got $5 and you asked for 10. Like I don't have it. I got to go print it somewhere. So mm -hmm. that's what it is. But honestly, just pay, like honestly, just negotiate like what you want. I feel like that's what it, it is in life. Like some people complain and say like, oh, like these people are getting paid more. That's what they negotiated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can also negotiate that much too. The one's stopping you from doing that. Yeah. Um, also, your point about getting ghosted, I'm really sorry that that happened to you or just in general that that happens to you. But I will say a lot of these influencer marketers will like block you or put you like in spam. So like we're ignoring you, but we're not getting the messages. Like it's going into like a <laughs> spam folder. Wow. So like for me, I guess like the best thing, like follow up twice or whatever, but just like don't burn that bridge by keep emailing and keep emailing. Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. no, it's like max two times. It's like, but you're going to tell me. If somebody owes you money, like if you you already did the content and then you're waiting on your invoice. Oh, fact. Oh, please. But like, I'm... that's how you end up like on spam lists and like block lists. And we all talk and say like, oh, this content creator is really hard to work with. Then you end up like, we don't want to work with you because mm -hmm. somebody at this other brand told me that you're hard to work with and you keep emailing. We don't want that. <laughs> and just another point. Maybe respond the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but hearing all of this, like hearing everybody's perspective, could you imagine, right, for anyone who's listening not being a content creator, not dealing with imposter syndrome? Because right. there's so many different things. You have, okay, I don't have the budget. You have, okay, your engagement is low. You have, okay, you don't fit this campaign. You have, okay, it's just so much yeah. that really it. It's almost kind of like impossible sometimes not to deal with imposter syndrome because it's like, well, man, I. You're right. <laughs> right. Also, your perspective is coming from the artist's perspective, and uh -huh. I'm not that. So right. there's no way that I can ever imagine what you guys are going through <laughs> because, like, I'm not an artist, and like my content creation is literally just me being like an asshole. So I don't care. I'm not doing this to put like content out the world and like feed people like content. You guys are doing this for a living, and that's your art. We're thinking about okay, how can we make this make sense business wise? How are we gonna get a return on on investment? So we're not thinking about it as like your art and like. I'm playing your art it's just like again you asking for ten dollars and i got five uh, but i'm so happy you're here giving that perspective because on the outside looking in people don't realize that they, don't. they really they don't. don't this is a business yes. this is a hustle this is a yes. grind mm -hmm. and i have a stat for y'all it says the creator economy is worth 104.2 billion dollars mm -hmm. love that and that's uh consumers entrepreneurs companies all of the platforms and advertisers all that combined so 
Yes, yeah, a lot of money. There's out budget there. to spend. Yes, mm-hmm. and honestly, when I feel like I'm doing the most in terms of negotiation, I just think about my ancestors and how okay. they was on the field <laughs> all them years and didn't get paid. I'm like, okay, it's just reparations. Get it back. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but we talked about the business side. Let's kind of talk about the psychological side. So, Ooh, child. yeah, because I feel like that's a whole other beast. <laughs> um, so, has anybody ever been jumped? on the internet yes and i'm not a content creator because i just again i'd be making asshole content so <laughs> i love it and then i love when they like try to go like find my job but i'm like on running the job tiktok so i'm just like eat me up eat me up because i'm the one right like it's tag her me. job like it's me on the account <laughs> so shout out to that it's me coming right back to me right well, i think of all the platforms you need the thickest skin to be on tiktok i agree like Instagram, I'm fine. I don't get no hay. I can post whatever, say whatever. Like, I'm coasting. Twitter, once in a blue moon, I might piss some people off. I delete the tweet. All the attention goes away, right? Mm-hmm. TikTok? No matter, you can post the most positive thing. You just holding your puppy saying, be like, I, I love I my life. Bitch and be like, right, I, like, what you mean you love your life? You don't know people out here have social anxiety, bitch. Like, you know, it's just oh like, God. what are you talking no. about? Like, that's really literally, it. like, no matter how positive, no matter how unproblematic you are, a, like you're gonna get hate on TikTok. It, you, there's you have to have such thick skin. You yeah. see, I'm also in a really interesting position because I live in New York. So there's this Reddit thread, and it's called NYC Influencer Snark, and it's where like fifty thousand hating ass bitches go to talk about people they don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember like a year ago, like one of my friends, she's like, "Girl, have you seen this?" And like when I tell you, I had never been on Reddit before that day. Like I. Baby, I, I thought Reddit was where, like, the incels went to talk about how they hate women. Like, that's what I thought. I, I didn't, baby, I didn't know. And I read, I'm like, all these people, they're like, I hate her. I hate her face. She smiled too much. Like, she gonna lose that job. This, this. Like, when I tell you, when I when I posted on LinkedIn that I got laid off, they were like, I'm so happy. Like, fuck this girl. And it's no. like, baby, my bills are paid. Worry about yourself. But you see, that's the thing. It's like, specifically as a lifestyle girl, but also in New York, like Mm -hmm. there's this whole community of people just want to sit down. They want to talk so much shit about you. Like people will go through like my personal life. It'll be like, Oh, like she's not really friends with this person or like, you know, like this is fake. This is that. Like she's in debt, like for the record, my credit card bill get paid every month. (laughs) I'm not in debt. One thing about me, I took the financial management class. Okay. <laughs> so, absolutely not. I don't spend more than I make and I save a lot of money. So get out of my pocket. But <laughs> it's just like things like that will happen. And like people will leave these comments and I'll be like, damn, bitch, like you ain't never seen, you never even smelt my, one of my farts or nothing. It's like, this is crazy. You never even been close enough to me to have these feelings. Mm-hmm. But you think you can like project these things. And it's so weird because I think back to like, a lot of the influencers whose content I used to like religiously consume when I was like 18 or 19, like never once when I dislike some shit did I sit down and start talking about it to a bunch of other strangers. Right. That's a group chat conversation in my mind. So I think like there have been things where I've had to sit down and be like, these are strangers. Like, don't let this get to you. Like I had someone, they were like, oh my God, like you gain weight, bitch. I was depressed. Like <laughs> I was depressed. Like I was I was getting mollywopped mm-hmm. by the lack of serotonin in my brain. <laughs> so just give me a second, you know? And it's just like, things like that, they'll be like, oh, like, I hate, like, it's just, it's crazy to sit down and see people perceiving you, but speaking so negatively about you when, like, you never set out with the goal to be perceived. Right. They be following you. Right. That's, That's no, one time yeah, I did a video where I rated one of my, where I rated my hate comments. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was unoriginal. And no, because the girl, she was like, I don't like your face, your top lip don't look like, baby, I'm black. Like, you thought you thought I was going to be talking with all my teeth like a horse? Like, I don't do shit like that. 
And when I tell you, like, I posted that video and I tagged everybody who commented. I, I wanted the smoke so bad. My my pre-brand safe days. You know? I wanted the smoke so bad. And she gonna comment on the video, like, oh, like, why are you taking this so seriously? What you mean why I'm taking yeah, this so seriously, right. bitch? Like, right. you, and it'll be like, it's literally not that deep. Like you're being like, aggressive. Not that deep. That's my favorite. You no. can be like, oh, I don't like your pain. You're being aggressive. Be aggressive. like, yes, actually, this is full aggression, 100% maximum effort. Like, I'm on your ass, girl. Right. And it was crazy because the same girl, funny story, this is why you shouldn't, like, one of my mutuals, her name is Anika, she always says this. She's like, you knew my platform before you tried me. Mm. So if I respond to it publicly, the comment that you left publicly, and 250,000 people get on your ass, you knew my platform before you tried me. Right. Because it's certain <laughs> shit that I could take and I'll just be like, this is normal. But you try, like this one person, she, like I was on live and like at the time I was living with my mom and you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant child. You don't leave really till you get married. Like, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, like I'm just chilling. Like me and my mom are good. And this person, they gonna comment. They were like, your mother's gonna lose her home because of like how you live. And I saw that and I clicked on a page and in the bio it said RIP mom. And I said, mm, I guess we don't want to talk about mothers. <laughs> we should not be talking about mothers right now. It just got so nasty so quick because I was like, why are you talking about my mama? What does Sharon do? But it gets like that though. And I feel like sometimes as a content creator, we do, well, my own personal experience. I haven't been jumped by the internet. I have been drugged a handful of times. You see, but and, I have to fight back. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, you you put on the front, like, oh, okay, they don't know me, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm texting my homegirl, like, but damn. Exactly. <laughs> on the flip side, you like, damn, so was there some truth to what it is that they were saying? Like, so have you guys experienced like your mental health changing oh, yeah. being a content creator For working sure. in social media? Yeah. I'm and on I 150 milligrams of all butrin. Like, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, that shit has been so depressing sometimes. It's like, specifically because the way people will pick at things that, mm -hmm. like, you can't control. It's like, okay, I got laid off. Like, maybe they laid 12,000 people off. Like, I can't do nothing about that. They're like, oh, you gain weight? Like, baby, my man was stressing me out. I was depressed. Like, mm -hmm. cut me some slack. Like, that man was trying to kill me. Ghanaian demon. He was trying to kill me. <laughs> so it's just like, give a bitch a break, you know? But then it's like, you address those things, and they're like, well, it wasn't that serious. I didn't mean that. It's like, oh, you didn't mean that when you call yeah. me Sheila climbing up the mountain, bitch? <laughs> like, you yeah. meant that. You meant that. Like, I, I, for me, honestly, I'll say I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I've ever. What was the word you used? Jumped. I don't know if drugged. I've ever been jumped, but I, I get jumped, dragged every now dragged. and then. Okay. But I actually had a brand tell me one time that they like how positive my community is because. Mm -hmm. One, I, I learned from the best. Beyonce taught me, you do not give hate attention. Right. You give it attention, you're going to get exactly mm -hmm. what you was looking for. I've been moving in the spirit of Cardi B. I'm not going to hold See, I'll be like, mm. No, <laughs> if I don't respond with like something like educated, like trying to teach you, I'm just like not, I'm just going to delete yeah. you and block you. See, you just I'm because, working there. Me and my therapist, we working on it. Yeah, I just have to do that just because like they're like, the negative people, they're all like, I don't know what it is, but the second they peep that you react to that, yes. then a lot of them start to do it, right. you know? Right. And it's like, and it just won't stop. So that's why I'm just right. like, block, delete. Like Follow one one negative co comment, like I'm like, my TikTok comment section is a dictatorship. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I don't care if you think I'm Same. sensitive, I will delete your comment. I don't care, it's about but then me. then I've had, so for example, like I filter my comments for like mm -hmm. particular keywords where I'm like, mm, nope, that's gonna go to a separate section. Then people will sit down and they will be like, she is deleting my comment. First and foremost, it's still there. You just can't see it. Right. You can't see it because I want to go through and I want to read it and I'm going to filter it and I'm going to click delete. Then it's deleted. But it's like, I think people kind of, and I don't I don't know what the exact issue is, but I think they have like access to your life where they're like, oh, well, you post it so I can criticize yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I feel that, like literally one time I was like, 
I'm going to the beach. Like I was on vacation. I was like, I'm going to the beach. I'm so excited. They're like, well, some people don't have access to clean water. Bro, this is salt water at the beach. Like this, this ain't even drinking water. Like what are yeah. you saying to me? Right. But it's just like things like, you could say I like pancakes and also down and be like, so you hate waffles and French toast. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's just yeah. like, it's so outrageous sometimes. I'm like, what is it about it TikTok is. specifically that makes, is it just like the younger demographic? I think it's the because it's, online it's usually era. not like, I don't really see older people or people of my age. It's usually people younger. No, I had, I a, I had an older person bully me Because you can be anonymous yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. Like you can yeah. have a, you know, a random profile picture and just comment and anything that you want on TikTok. Yeah, Most people are anonymous. common to be anonymous it's on Twitter and yeah. TikTok versus Instagram, yeah. Facebook, all of these other things. Those mm-hmm. are personal platforms. Also on Instagram, you're only following people that you know are like brands versus right. like like TikTok. Like you could not follow Instagram anybody and still see people on your for you page versus right. Instagram doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. they have like True. no sort of like connection to you whatsoever. Right. But then that's what I thought too. But then I started to go on their profile. I'm like, you follow me. So at some point you saw my content, you enjoyed me, mm-hmm. you follow. Like, why are you mad? Why are you like you know? It's just so strange to me. I've been trying to figure it out so much. Like I know it's a little bit of the uh, like anonymous thing, but it's it's something different. It's like y'all are not right. Like, also, leaving comments right. is a form of content. There are are like users that are just like that user one two three yes. four leaving. They leave comments and they comments true. are content. Like I am one yeah. of those people that like I don't make the most videos because I don't have like I'm not a content creator, but I will like comment on people's stuff and that is. A form of content. I don't know if you guys follow. I think her name is like Denisha. I don't know what her last name is. Mm-hmm. She's she yeah. just literally makes videos. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she yeah, just Denisha. made a joke about her comment on. Oh, Denisha. Oh, she's, like, she's like an AI. Something. Oh, the robot girl. Yeah. Okay, she's not a robot. Girl. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but one of her commenting strategies, again, going back to marketing, is that like, comment on every she's video. commenting on every yeah. single video yeah. or finding viral videos to comment on, so you can go back to their yes. videos or their profile and look at them. So like that is also people's just strategy being on TikTok. They're just professional haters. Here's my thing too, though, and I, and back to me saying like Beyonce taught me, I I will go on record and saying one it comes with the territory. It's honest, guys. In a sense, on TikTok, you hit a certain thing, people see you as a public figure, child, right. and it's just gonna come regardless. But then two, engagement is engagement. My friends make fun of me. I'm like, let them say the comments about no, the laugh, child. That is engagement. Right. Keep doing it. I it tickles me. And so to my content creators, my fellow content creators, and you know. My girl over here. <laughs> it comes with the game. It, Let them like talk. If they're not talking, that ain't hot. That ain't hot at all. Okay. I'm, I'd rather you talk than to not do it at all. Right. So you can do it in my I comment section, Pookie. <laughs> working in social media also has taken a toll on my mental health. I think actually my most popular TikTok video is one that says like social media girl and then it flips the camera. That's like, but hate social media. And <laughs> it's just, it's very taxing to work in social media as a job and then also want to be on it for engagement. I'm not, I'm sorry, yeah. for like your enjoyment because you have to keep up with the trends, what's going on, the creators and all the etc for work but then also you just want to watch like keith like eat like some food right. so like my screen time is ridiculously like ridiculous if i told you like Same. my screen time you would think that i'm insane yep. but <laughs> that is also mentally taxing i have like sat down and like deleted all of my socials at one point i don't have a twitter anymore i've removed my instagram i think i only had like a tiktok at one point but unfortunately i still have to do my job yeah right. so it is mentally taxing to people that do work in social media because we have to keep up both on the personal side but also just like God forbid you come to the Monday meeting and you're just like, oh, did you see this TikTok? Like, you you better pretend right. that you know what they're talking about. Right. So it is very mentally toxic. Like, definitely save your soul. Yes. For me, but- oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. I was saying, for me, I make it a point to like show my followers that I'm not a content machine. Like, I'm a mm-hmm. regular person mm-hmm. that actually goes out and lives my life and mm-hmm. comes back to, you know, comes back to TikTok and like shares the things that I've been going through or whatever, like that. But, to me, I just, I cannot be one of those three TikToks a day type creators. 
creators. It's oh, so hard not. for me. Absolutely I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So yeah, I definitely feel like the whole, it's taxing on your mental health to try to have to like keep up all the time and just feel like you're just constantly a content machine, especially too, for me, somebody that makes lifestyle content, I don't like when people disrespect my family or my friends. Mm. And sometimes I want to mm. talk about my life and just like have stories. Like I just made like a TikTok about a group trip and how like my guy friends, like for, just how like the labor usually gets to, tends to get split up between men and women when we do things together and how there's a lot of like planning and like project management that the women do that goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to remind the men in your life of that. Right. And like, just like the comments being like, wow, why would your guy friends want to go with you now when, you, when you're when you trashing them? And oh, like, why would you be friends with such little bitches? And I'm just like, oh, uh, uh. Not too I was much. like, don't talk about my friends yeah, like this. Not, not too much. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Or commenting on my parents' marriage dynamic. Like, I know if it made my mom really uncomfortable at a certain point. And like, mm -hmm. I stopped putting her in my videos because people are just like, oh, your dad, your mom doesn't appreciate your dad and he's probably miserable. I'm like, you guys, like, y'all have never seen African parents before? Like, relax. <laughs> like, you know? That's so, like, crazy. sometimes people literally forget, like, you guys are going to cause problems with us in our personal lives with right. people that we, like, actually care about. Mm -hmm. Like, be mindful of your comments sometimes, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Well, I feel like we should end it on a positive note and talk about some positives. <laughs> Just in case anybody is watching and wants to pursue social media, you know, right. and they're scared by the conversation. But no, this was all really insightful and really important. Like, and I think, I don't think I've seen anybody sit, like black people sit and talk in depth about their experiences mm -hmm. on social media. So I think this is really important. But if you could um, talk about maybe a little bit how social media has changed your life in a positive way. I feel more fearless because I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but when I first got on TikTok, I was getting made fun of left and right by every person Sorry. in my life. I was trying to get people in my life like, you should get on TikTok. I promise you, you'll like it. They're like, no, I'm an adult. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm an adult and stuff like that. And then now, like, every single person in my life is on TikTok. Some of them are making their own things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When I took that leap of faith and it actually worked out, and then I was able to use the money that I got from influencing to, like, pursue my like real passions and stuff mm -hmm. I just feel like so much more fearless like I can just do anything like when you when you really sit there and put yourself out there to that extent mm -hmm. and it works out mm -hmm. it's like you can't tell me shit baby you know what I'm saying so <laughs> yeah. I love it. I feel like, honestly same like I found out about TikTok when I was doing an internship like one of the other interns was like you should sign up for this and I was like girl is that musically like <laughs> I was like what are you saying to me and I watched for like six months before I ever posted anything same. in the pandemic and like People made so much fun of me. They would be like, oh, she's so lame, blah, blah, blah. And it honestly, like, I think it kind of switched when it was, like, my first, like, big partnership where people were like, wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. They know you? And I was mm -hmm. like, they sure do. <laughs> and they pay me too. Um, and I think for me, it's, like, the biggest thing it's done financially is, like, change, like, my financial situation mm -hmm. where it's, like, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like, we grew up, like, lower middle class. And it's, like, now I'm in a position where it's, like, I'm just, like, randomly buying things for my grandma or, like, mm -hmm. you know, we're, like, doing home repairs for someone and it's, like, in my mind, that's, like, a drop in the bucket where it's, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, I have it and I can help because I remember when I didn't have it and other people were helping. So it's kind of good to be in the other position and to be able to have disposable income to say you can help other people. So yes. I'd cool. say it's been super solid, like, despite all the mental strife and the antidepressants, you know, I appreciate <laughs> well being able it. to, you know, <laughs> go buy clothes for, like, a domestic violence shelter or something and just, like, yeah. that not be something that I think about as, like, a burden. So I appreciate it. I By the it. way, I really I appreciate it. you for talking about your mental health and antidepressants because I feel like that's something that is so taboo amongst black people. Like, nobody oh likes God. to talk about medication. No, when my like mom that. found out I was on an antidepressant, she was crying. She was like, They oh changed my, my life for a little bit. And like I was a, like, girl, yeah. like, I, I needed that. Same, same. <laughs> I needed that. Yeah. <laughs>
I will say, <clears throat> and honestly, getting very serious about this, I'm the guy that tell all of my friends, like, everybody has a content creator inside of them. And I feel like there, you know, is no reason if you inspire to do it, if there's something inside of you saying, you know what, man, I don't know. I just want to try it, that you don't go for it because it has personally changed my life. Mm -hmm. My goal is to work in entertainment and television. Mm -hmm. I graduated with the bachelor's and still felt like this doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then in the blink of an eye, just from posting videos, my life really did change. Mm -hmm. You know, I got on national television, on the Food Network. I've had the five figure months. I've had the big brand deals, mm -hmm. all from literally just posting videos. And I don't, and I say that to say like, and going back to what you're saying, our conversation, we're really talking about work right now. Mm -hmm. This is our job. Mm -hmm. Every job has ups and downs. Right. I've right. never met someone who is like, my job is just, oh my goodness, I've never had anything. Right. These are complaints that I'm sure you would get with anybody who mm -hmm. talk about their career and their job. But what I will say and what makes this so unique is that honestly, it can change your life as it done, as we all have said, mm -hmm. just because you really picked up your phone or you picked up your camera mm -hmm. and you share parts of yourself. Right, I right. feel like it's something so incredible. It's almost like I kind of get chills when you really think about it because it's like, wow, the power of social media should never be underestimated. Right. So what I'll say to anyone who is watching this and may feel like we gave you a mouthful of the negatives, the positive for me personally definitely outweighs on any day of the week. It's the reason why I do it full time. It's the reason why I argue with the algorithm, <laughs> but I still play the game. It's the reason why I send 20 emails a day and get zero responses and do it all over again. Again. Mm -hmm. So I just want to prepare anyone who, you know, actually watching this because they want to do it, just to put on your, you know, put on that seatbelt and really get ready for it because it is hard work, but it is so worth it. I, I mean, it's amazing, honestly, truly. Beautifully said. For me, I feel like on a spiritual level, it's not so much like changing my life, but I'm really excited to change other people's mm -hmm. lives. I think that I'm in a great position. Also, just like my work, I've worked at a record label. I've worked with TV and film. Now I'm on the brand side. So it's like I've always been in the opportunity to give people the platform that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's more so like changing other people's lives, just giving them the opportunity to grow. I feel like, again, influencer marketing is so, so new. I just want to say that again. Influencer marketing is so new. Be very patient with your creators. Be patient with the influencer marketers. Be patient with the people that are even sending you out these PR packages. We are very like new at this. Social media is not that old. So it's just like, be patient with us, but also just like be grateful, I guess, like for the people that are, are giving you the opportunity because I, I'm not in a position where it's like, I'm getting thanked to your point about having like in a thankless role. Like people aren't thinking the marketing specialist or the director that's doing this. You guys are thinking the photographer, you're thinking the brand, yeah. mm -hmm. you're thinking uh, whomever, like the stylist, whatever. You guys are thinking all the people that do the physical like work, but it's us behind the strategy that it's like really putting you in that place. And that is a very thankless job. So unfortunately, I wouldn't say that it's like something that like I'm inspired to do like for me, but I'm just happy to give to others. Like I just want to like go to sleep knowing that damn like that guy really wanted to like work with this brand. He really wanted to work with Adidas. Like I really helped him get to that. Like check something off his bingo card. Like that's what I'm trying to do. Check people. Cause I have some creators on my bingo card and I got a good one. Can't wait for her to, to do this call on Friday. I got a good one. So it's just like, that's what I want. Like check things off people's bingo cards, go to sleep at night knowing that you're well paid. You're well appreciated. Yeah. So yeah, just giving. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Yes. <laughs> And thank you guys for watching. I feel like I've learned so much from you guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Culture Unfiltered Roundtable. I feel like we could do a part two, three, four, five, six in this <laughs> conversation. Yeah. So be on the lookout for some more um, <laughs> conversations involving black creators. Um, but this is the Culture Unfiltered Roundtable, and I'm Asani Musa. See you next time. See you. Yay.